How are we doing everyone and welcome to episode four of Talking to Mod. Now when I first started this podcast I didn't realise I would hit the countries that it has been hitting. So far I've found out that people are listening to this podcast in the USA, Spain and Japan. So thank you so much for everyone who's took time out to listen to me rant on and have a fantastic chat with some brilliant names. Really does mean a lot. This week we have another brilliant guest in Keith Mullin from The Farm. I'm sure you all know that iconic song, All Together Now. So All Together Now, see what I did there. Let's welcome Keith Mullin from The Farm. Here is the man himself, Keith. Nice, how are you? I'm sound, mate. You sound all good. How do you know? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm loving the, uh, uh, is that a Sex Pistols in the background? It certainly is, yeah, yeah. No. It's, uh, never, never, never mind the bollocks, as um, some, some American once said to us. <laughs> iconic, mate, iconic. How are you, my friend? You good? I'm good, yeah, you know, we're a busy day, like, I'm just kind of getting ready for gigging, well, this weekend I'll be gigging, so doing that and got lots of different bits of bobs and projects on at the moment so just keeping busy as usual you know i appreciate you taking time out for uh getting involved in this mate it means a lot to me no problem. so so uh more importantly <laughs> for the next three hours we're going to be talking about music all right Absolutely. fantastic yeah <laughs> i'm only messing about with you mate so like three Music plays a big part in your life, mate, as it does mine and many others and people who will be watching this. But what I want to know, mate, is what sort of music were you listening to when you were growing up? Oh, God, a varied assortment of music, really. I mean, uh, it really, uh, I mean, I, I consider myself to be still growing up, you know, so it's, like, it's, it, 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 you know, I, I've, I've been listening to all kinds of from when I was a kid. It really depends on really what age or what area you're talking like so if I kind of go back to um you know listen my dad was a massive Dylan fan and, and he'd be playing Bob Dylan and, and jazz he was heavily into jazz my nan was a pianist and she could like play all kinds of music <laughs> Sorry, I'm spitting something out my mouth there she was playing about you know she could play by ear you know what I mean so and then you know I mean what I was listening to in, in school was was kind of like Slade and stuff like that you know when any you know, the birds or, you know, and, and, and any kind of pop music of the day and then punk happened and I got into punk, you know. Uh, and then I got from punk and I kind of moved into, like a lot of people did at the time, kind of moved into listening to a lot of ska music. that introduced me to reggae and ska and I, I got a lot into that, you know. But also I kind of, I didn't realise until years later I'd absorbed a lot of um, Motown and stuff because, you know, we're in, our, in our house we only had like one record player, so... I had an older sister and we used to fight for the record player and they were very much into Northern Soul. Then her boyfriend used to go to Wigan Payne, you know, which I got an older sister and, and so they were listening to Northern Soul and, and, and Tamla Motown. So, you know, I didn't really like Motown. I wasn't really totally into it then. I was a kid, you know what I mean? But I kind of absorbed it all and, and, and grew to appreciate it as I started to get a little bit older, you know. So, so all of that really, all, all of those different you know, it was like a, it was like a mishmash of stuff. Really, it wasn't generally one thing. But as I grew older, I started listening to different st different stuff, and um, you know, and then in, in the in the eighties in Liverpool, it was still like very much independent music, and because the indie scene really was 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 not necessarily about in, in, indie. Then wasn't a genre. It was it was more about like a lifestyle. It was all it was more about what you were. It was more about you know uh, being independent really uh, from from majors. So. I was listening to a lot of that, still listen to a lot of reggae. I've always listened to reggae, it's gone all my life, you know, and you know, starting to get out and, and classical music, you know. So I suppose I've got a, from a listening point of view, I've got a real rich history, you know, of of um of, of listening to music, you know, or, 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 or I'm fortunate that my family were very, very much into into music and it was part of um it was part of our entertainment when we had house parties, the guitars would come out, you know, or or someone will get on the piano, you know, because pianos them are pieces of furniture. They weren't necessarily like, you know, <laughs> but that's basically what 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 they were, you know. Had the TV on top of the piano, did you? No, I I used to, to be honest with you, I used to look at me now and, and and think she wasn't enjoying herself, you know, because she'd be the person when it was a, when it was a toddler, you know, and look at me now, she'd be she'd they'd be having a house party and she'd be on the piano all night, and I think she can't be enjoying herself being on the piano, like playing all night, you know. 
singing the songs for everyone, but you obviously you should have the time of my life, you know. That's a bit, a bit like Uncle Albert and Only Fools and Horses, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Brilliant, only the war <laughs> <laughs> what about what about gigs then, mate? I mean, as a youngster, did you used to find yourself at a lot of gigs all the time? Is there a standout gig that you remember going to? Yeah, my, my first ever gig, right? This is well, about the word of a lie. Was my uncle took me to see Duke Ellington in um, in in a theatre in Southport, and I was five years of age. And he was a big jazz fan, and so he took me to see uh, he took me to see Duke Ellington, and um, apparently I was well behaved and I was into it. You know, I I can remember it, you know, but I, I don't remember it that vividly. You know, uh, I got to see Bob Marley, you know, in Seaside Leisure Centre in, uh, in in Liverpool. Got to see the Jam. Um, Lucky. And you know, all of those I suppose all of those gigs back then they, they kind of stand out to you because they're really new and they're, they're kind of fresh, don't. I mean, I remember my sister dragged me to see Harold Melvin in the Blue Note, so I wasn't so impressed with that at the time. But years later, I kind of learned to appreciate it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've, gigs have been a major part of my life, you know what I mean? So either either going to see you know, music or, I mean, I'm still watching music weekly, you know, uh, now because the, 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 the institute where I work, which is Lippa, you know, where we, run, we run events there on a weekly basis, so I'm seeing all the young and up and coming old bands regularly, which is now why we're here in age, because I'm near enough there. <laughs> Bless you, man. You mentioned one of my favourite all-time bands there. You said you uh, went and saw The Jam. Yeah. What was that like, mate? Because I've seen clips of them on YouTube and they looked incredible live. They do. I, I saw them in, uh, in Mothador in Liverpool and they were... They were playing with, um, I think it was Selected and the Beast, I think it was with them at the time. I can't remember, but, um, but um, they were amazing. It, it, it was great. It, it was interesting because it was it was very much at the beginning of, um, well, people now, I mean, now know it was casual, you know. It wasn't called casual back then. It was it was in Liverpool, it was called Smoothie and we were, and they, or Scally, you know what I mean? That, and, and it was, a, so the audience was a mixture of football types and, and a mutt, you know. Uh, and it, it was kind of a, the audience was kind of a only only easy truce between those two groups of sort of uh, uh, people. But I mean, the music superseded everything, you know. And, and so it was it was just phenomenal because they were in a really funny place that made a hell of a racket, you know. You know, and, and what what iconic songs, you know? what I mean, the, the songs are just they just live forever, really, from a lyrical and a melodic point of view, you know. So I mean, they they stand out for me. They are real standout moments, you know. Like brilliant man brilliant i'm very jealous about that i would love to have seen it like <laughs> man, big time honestly yeah. what about heroes did you have any heroes as a youngster i had a mixture yeah i had a kind of mixture of um kind of heroes really i suppose i mean i i mean i, I had musical heroes you know the, the likes of you know i, I mean I, I was into bob dylan you know i mean not a lot of my, my mates my mates were because because my, my father was quite politicized we kind of grew up in Liverpool in that 70s and 80s where my, my, my dad's a building worker and he's he's part of the building working strikes in the 70s. Uh, you know, I'm on picket lines with Ricky Thomason and Desi Warren and people like that, you know. And um, so I, I kind of grew up with all that. So my heroes were sort of icons, really. Like, you know, I mean, I used to idolise Muhammad Ali, you know, um, I used to, and, and, and people that were really kind of iconic from the time, you know. And and, uh, and Bob Marley, I actually adored Bob Marley, you know, um, as a as a as a as a as a force, really, you know, um, as just as a force of nature, you know, he was just a, an amazing human being. So there was people like that that I was I was really kind of uh, into, you know. Uh, and you know, I used to love Elvis Costello as well, you know, because when because when he came around, he was he was almost a Bobby Holly kind of, you know clone in, in a way but writing great you know catchy songs you know that you uh, kind of meant something to you in, in, in that which i don't i don't think you know pop music's very very different now and, and lyrically it's very very different di di different now you know there's far too many people i mean i was talking to someone about you know, like, you know writing particular songs and then it's like you know you just hear so many songs at the moment where you know people are just pulling the heart out or how broken hearted they are you know and it, yeah it, it's great you know and I, I get it and all that but you know it's like, you know, I'm sick of hearing about your breakup, mate. Can you just, like, sing about something else, you know? <laughs> no disrespect. Get over it. Aye, no, 
100%, mate, 100%. You mentioned Bob Marley there. I, in February, I played in Liverpool. I think it was, you'll probably know more than me, I've been the area. Is it the Camp and Furnace? Yeah, yeah. yeah is, there's a statue, isn't there, of Bob Marley yeah, just around the corner? Absolutely, there is, yeah, yeah, in, in the Baltic, Baltic, Baltic area, yeah. Brilliant. The Baltic Quarter, it's called, all, all around that area, yeah. I went, um, yeah, statue there. I went, you know. I went for a walk uh, just after my set, and it was dark, and I... I had my headphones in and I looked up and I saw this figure of this bloke like with a guitar on his back, like with his arms, like, you know, like, yeah. and I thought, bloody hell, what's he been on? And then the closer I got, it's like, oh, it's a statue. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not at the baby, you're, you're too tall now, aren't you? I am, mate. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, it, was a, it was a year on uh, June the 30th. Yeah. yeah, so I did the whole tour teetotal, but... Um, it was just incredible, but I still had a few moments where I was thinking, hang about, what's, what's that bloke doing? And then figure out it's a statue, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of iconic things like that in Liverpool. You know, Liverpool's a different city now than to what it was for many, many years ago, you know, from, 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 from myself growing up, you know. You know, I, I think it's in some ways it's changed for the better, in some ways it's, it's, it's perhaps not so much changed for the better, you know. But um, yeah, I'm. Um, you know, great, great, you know, great, great times, great city. No, I love it. I mean, I always love playing there. I've been very lucky to play there a few times, and I always, yeah. always walk to the. Um, I go and see the cavern. A lot of my heroes have played there. Yeah. And I didn't realise um, Lonnie Donegan actually played there. I, I never knew. And I, I was walking up the stairs, and I, I saw a photo of him. And the reason I mention that is because. Uh, he was a musical hero of mine, hence why I called my son Lonnie. Uh, my dad used to play his music and I just I got hooked to it. And uh, that was quite cool seeing that. But I mean, that place, you go in the cavern and you can just feel the history. Like, you, it, it's just iconic, isn't it, mate? Well, it is, yeah. It, it kind of is. It, it, it is, but it's a rebuilt cavern, isn't it? It's like, yeah. It's, you know, I mean, the Liverpool did what the Liverpool does, or the Liverpool Council did what. Liverpool Council does and it did did in the in the early seventies, whereas they they knocked it all down, you know, to to they, they did a compulsory purchase or they knocked the whole whole area down and to, because they were building it um, they wanted to build a shaft for the um the the Mesurail underground at the time. So they kinda of knocked it all down and then that, that shaft never got built and I think they kind of realised what they did and in, in terms of the um, his historical significance and the cultural significance and the excavated it all out and, 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 and built the new buildings that you've now got above, but excavated, excavated all of the cellars yeah. out there. So the, the actual cavern, I think, is a little bit to the left. To where, yeah, I, th I think you're right, it is, I remember. A little bit to the left, yeah, but it's spiritually, you know, the, the same, you know, and, and it, it's, been, it, it's been the cavern probably longer now than the cavern was the cavern, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That you know, that, that was that only kind of a real force of music really in the early 60s, you know. Um, did, did you always want to be in a band, mate? No, um, it wasn't about I, I got I kind of got into music because I, I, I obviously I, I, I kind of realized I didn't want to work on a building site, you know, for the rest of my life. And I was, I was always playing, and, and that's basically what I was doing. I was running up and down ladders when I left school uh, with a hod on my shoulder working for bricklayers, you know. and and it was it was tough work, you know, and um and I, I was just I just wanted to do something. I just thought this isn't for me, you know, and I kind of knew that um I I um I, I wanted to I wanted to play music and and then I, I I went to music college, you know, I I, I walked off a doggies at one day in the, the midwinter and got never going back in <laughs> and um I, I went to music college, you know, for for a year. In, in fact, in the time I'd I'd, I'd actually I'd actually left. Liverpool and I was like everyone was leaving Liverpool at that point going away to work and stuff because there was no employment here you know you couldn't couldn't get a job in Liverpool really the only way you could get you get jobs was on the back market you know mm. and um, so I, I was in there I'd, I'd, I'd done a um, an, an audition for a, a college called Mabel Fletcher's and uh, my college of music and drama and I and, and, and in the meantime I went away to work in in in, in, uh, in Turkey it was with all my mates you know and basically everyone was left Liverpool, went down to Turkey and signed on there, you know. <laughs> and got jobs in kitchens, washing dishes. But then I got a phone call from my mum who, 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 um, who said she'd um, we had received a letter from the college and they told me to open it. And I said, yeah, and she said, oh, you've got, 
we've got a place in this college, you know. So I um I, I, I just left the next day and hitchhiked home. Whenever the days when you could hitchhike and it wasn't a problem, you know, oh. quite, quite quickly. So I hitchhiked all the way home and, and prepared to go to college and I went to college for a year, got myself the, the qualifications you needed to learn to read and write music and just dedicated myself then to, to getting into music and, and I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to be asked to join the farm. Um, now Peter and Steve had, had started the farm a year, a couple of years earlier. I think they started in 83 and I, I joined around about 85. But they'd lost the guitarist and two lads they knew from the football, um, Andy Dunn and Billy Dunn, who, who uh, both Evertonians, you know, that, but they, Peter knew them because we were all, everyone used to hang around together then, you know what I mean? And they said, there's a lad round our way that kind of plays guitar and looks the part. So they come round to me, I was an audition, you know. Um, and, um, I think I impressed them with my uh, scales. <laughs> But the fact that I, I, I kind of knew, I knew what I was doing a little bit on the, the other guitar. I could play. I played him a few tunes, and he said, "Yeah, well, you know, would you then? Um, okay, well, well, let's come to rehearsal." So I went to rehearsal, and then, and the rest is history. We went to rehearsal, joined them. My first ever gig was a gig in London called at a place called Merlin's Cave. Right. Can't even remember. I don't, I don't think it exists anymore, but I can't remember where it is. But it was around eighty five, eighty six, and that's so. I always knew I wanted to do music because music gave me a voice that I, I didn't otherwise have and, and it does give you the voice and so we kind of we use music then as a way of expressing ourselves you know not just musically but um kind of politically as well and or or you know uh, culturally you know so that that's that that was what what music music representation how it, it represented itself to us and manifested to us in that way so you 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 become what you the reason you do it you know that that's that's ultimately what the, the way it works for us you know so I was kind of knew wanted to do something whether it was going to be a band but it just happened to transpire it was you know and and I, you know I've I've had a I'm very fortunate you know I don't I don't I don't take any of this for granted I never ever have I've I've, I've had a wonderful life in music you know because I get up most days and I can. I can I can do music to some extent or some degree, you know. Um, and I've, I've been very very fortunate. I'm still very we're still very fortunate that we can we can go out and play, you know. The one playing this weekend in Scotland at a Rewind Festival, you know. So it's um, and we've had about sixteen festivals this year. So brilliant. It, it we're just yeah, very very fortunate to still be in a position where people want to hear you and and and, uh, and to be able to do that. So yeah, it's given me. Um, it's given me a great life, isn't it? I love that, mate. I, I, really... I don't mean that. When I say great life, I don't mean that. I don't want anyone listening to think in terms of wealth, in terms of money. No, no, it's not about that. I just met some amazing people, you know, through music. I've done some amazing things through, through music. You, you've been able to be the person that you, you know, that you, oh, in some respects, you get to, to be the change you'd like to see in the world sometimes when, when you're, when you when you're making your own decisions within a band, you know, and so that that's kind of what it's given, and I don't take anything for granted, and, and I, I, you know, I absolutely love it, you know. Well, you're good at it, mate, and I love your passion when you speak. <laughs> is, is honestly, I really do like that. I've I've started again recently to be a try and learn the guitar. I've had a bit of time on my hands, and the dean's <laughs> uncle gave me a guitar. Um, Recently, I've had a couple of good teachers in Steve Craddock and then Anton oh, right, Newton yeah. from the Brian Jonestown massacre, right? So first of all, Steve, um, I went to Black Barn, uh, Weller Studio, and he said, right, you've got to teach me a card trick. And I said, you've got to teach me at least a couple of chords on the guitar. So I taught him a basic card trick, and then he was teaching me how to play guitar. And at one point, I think the song we were trying was uh, There She Goes by the Lars, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I was kind of getting it, yeah. but then I just, at one point, then I sort of like, my mind went, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do now. And then I sort of left it for a bit. And uh, more recently on the tour, picked, picked a guitar up and uh, Anton, great character, what a character, uh, was teaching me. And I don't know, I just feel like I had a bit of a fire in my belly to go, right, I'm getting an acoustic guitar now. I'm going to practice yeah, as much yeah. as I can. So what I want to know is, mate, for a little beginner or an amateur like me, what advice would you give me? Um, just, just basically keep at it and learn songs. Just try and kind of work out some of the, you know, all them songs that you kind of liked when you were a kid. 
you know, just basically start by learning songs and 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 don't kind of rush it. Uh, the thing, the thing about you know, guitars are very physical, physical instrument, you know, and and it, whether you like it or not, your hands can be quite delicate, you know, and and and, and it, it does take a quite a bit of dexterity to be able to move around that fretboard with with with, with confidence and ease, you know. So uh, I would say what I would say is be patient. It's one of the most important things. And when you practice things, practice them slowly. Don't immediately go to what you think the tempo is. Just try and imagine slowly and count. As long as you can get your count and, and you can get your under how you feel and how and, and understand tempo and to slow those changes down so you're changing correctly. It's almost like I mean I used to teach guitar as well, you know, so we used to try and get your students to kind of do things slowly and then slowly kind of speed things up, you know, um, to, to a point where they're playing it in a tempo. But one of the best ways to, to get into this is to, you can learn a couple of songs with a couple of chords relatively quickly with guitar and get that gratification, you know, and get that satisfaction from it. It's like, I know the, these three or four chords and I can learn 20 songs as a consequence of it, you know, so, and that's the great thing about it that they're, they're getting really good and the, and the dexterity, that takes a little bit longer and that's when that's when normally people start to give up, you know, because they kind of want that immediacy from it and you, you can't necessarily get that with guitar, you've got to kind of, you've got to put the hours in really and, and it, you know, you can get the chord thing quite quickly, get some song thing going and all that and then and then it's about, um, you know, trying to learn as many hours, say, learn songs and then and build your your, your kind of dexterity up like that and play with people you know go out and jam with people go out and play with other people go and join like you know go do some open mic nights randomly you know just turn up and go and, and, and go even just go and check them out you know and and and, and, and just jump and you know, jam along with other people and play with other people you'll always pick up stuff from other people you know and it'll, it'll keep you on your toes as well you know because you kind of have to you know you have to consistently get things right you know, one of the hardest things as well, you know, to do, you know, bass players do, that I have to do this a lot, is repetition, you know, and, and to keep repetition and to keep the simple, some of the simple stuff that you hear, you, you think is really easy, it's hard, you know, getting that repetition and getting it 100% right every time is hard, you know, and not just, just takes time, you know, so be patient with it. Be Appreciate gentle. that. Be patient. Yeah. I remember telling a certain Gallagher brother, if he asked me if I was in a band and played guitar, I said, listen, mate, I'll make a better sound with a guitar when I throw it down the stairs. <laughs> I bet you're in 12 months and you'll be smashing it. <laughs> I, I remember practicing a few times and I felt like doing a Pete Townsend, I tell yeah. you. <laughs> so let's talk, I mean, you mentioned great iconic band mate the farm i mean brilliant but let's talk about when you're gigging have you got any standout gigs like a gig where you've walked off that stage and thought that might be the best one we've ever done every every gig <laughs> love that <laughs> no i mean i, yeah, I mean oh christ got so many gigs where you come off stage and thought that was that was you know that was that was excellent and to be fair it's normally you're feeding off the crowd you know you can play it you can sometimes go on stage and play awesome, you know, you play awful or you you can feel you played awful and you come off and everyone's going, Oh yeah, that was great, it was brilliant, you know. To be on stage is, is, is quite difficult, you know, because you're dealing with, you know, kind of self, you're dealing with a very alien type scenario. Yeah. As a musician and when you're in a band, you stand in the air so you need an amp behind you know next year, or you're all in some kind of circle and you're you're playing along like when you get used to it sounding like that, then you go on a stage like you're Kind of big side fills or, or monitors or you're doing it in a club and there's no very little monitors and you're all facing a completely different way to the way you've actually rehearsed do you know what i mean so all of a sudden you've kind of changed that dynamic and that sound so being in the stage can can can, can sometimes be really uh, you don't get it right it can it can be really dissatisfying you know purely and simply because you don't feel like you're in the music and i like when i go on stage i like to feel i'm in the music i, I like to be able to hear the things I need to hear in order to be able to, to play properly, you know. So, yes, some gigs can be amazing. And it, 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 for me, it normally depends upon whether the monitors are in. <laughs> the, the monitors are, are in good, you know, we've got a great monitor sound, I'm going to have a great gig. If, if the monitors aren't great, I'm going to struggle and you go into autopilot, you know. And, and you know, none, people watching will never get, probably never be able to tell the difference, you know, unless you're shouting at someone from the stage, turn that off. Do you know what I mean? 
So I think you just go into a, 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 a kind of professional, you know, mode. But we've done some fantastic gigs over the years. I mean, we've played, we played Finsbury Park with you before, so once. I think there's like 70,000 people there. And it was just, you know, fantastic. And then we played without the Telegraph. We played in Telegraph, really, and with uh, um, Alan McGee a couple of years ago in 2012. We did an acoustic gig there. So 150 people in a, in a little kind of church that he bought. And it was amazing. That was the best acoustic gig we, 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 we played was people hanging off the rafters in there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and everything. there was only 150 people in the audience and they went nuts. Um, and it was absolutely brilliant. You know? And it was great because Alan had... Um, you know, we he'd 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 he'd, uh, he'd look after you. You know, we he'd look after you for weeks, and it was just like a, he'd sell the tickets for like two or three quid just to you know get people in there in this little mad church in Wales. You know, and it was just a lovely, lovely vibe, a lovely, lovely atmosphere. You know, so there's there's all kinds of gigs that'll stick out for you, and they all and they all stick out for you for different reasons. We played some amazing venues in the states back in the day. You know, in, in America. You know, and. In um, not many of them I can remember, to be honest. <laughs> 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 well, the ones I do remember certainly stick up, you know. But yeah, we 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 you know we played some some fantastic gigs, some huge, some not so. I mean, one of the first biggest biggest tours we ever did was with uh, a character called uh, Charlie Chester, who was a he used to run a, a a club night in London called Flying, you know, and and, that, and, that, and we kind of did a tour and they were promoting it because. When we broke, we were running our own record label. We were doing it all ourselves, you know, with our mates, and um, we were um, we were kind of hooked up with all with Terry Farley and and um, you know Junior Boys Own and and uh, and flying these all club people in Liverpool, sorry in London, and we were kind of hooked up with all them and and we did a tour with 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 Charlie, which was we weren't going on till like twelve o'clock at night, you know, because it was almost like a club night on the road, you know. And it was just mental. The actual, the world of England, they're all 10 dates on this tour. But the old tour was absolutely crackers. It was one of the most wildest tours I've ever had. And people talk about rock and roll now, was absolutely just completely and utterly out there. It was at the, it was at the, you know, I think it was about 1990, and it was three years into it. It was, I think it was like the, the, the Acid House Fair Summer of Love, you know. So it was it was pretty wild back then, you know. And, um, and that, 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 that whole tour sticks out, you know, for many, many different weird and wonderful reasons, you know. Brilliant, man. Brilliant. Not, not all musical. <laughs> so much musical. <laughs> you mentioned uh, there about America and playing some amazing venues. Um, that brings me on nicely to the next question I was going to ask. I mean, I've uh, one of the venues that sticks out for me, which I absolutely adore after playing it, is the the Barrowlands. I mean, for me, that is just absolutely iconic and magical. Have you got a venue that you just love playing in? Uh, Barrowlands is one. You know, um, the Academy in London was always great. You know, um, um, the, the Royal Court in Liverpool. I used to love putting. I used to hate playing Liverpool, and and not, you know, because I hate Liverpool. Liverpool was always a challenge because it's your own crowd and you just get hammered for guest lists. Yeah. You, know, you would yeah. get hammered for it. And I, I just I always remember um, Sam and Ryan, I think, was going to our manager time. I was like, can you have someone going to the farm to stop bunking, bunking people in through the back? I think, you know, <laughs> he was like, I think, there were, I think we had like 500 people on the guest list or something that night, you know, one of the nights we were playing, playing there. But the Royal Court was. For the reason that it was because you're rehearsing in the pool and you're playing in the pool and you're from the pool and you're, we were a, you know we were an indie band you know doing things ourselves and you when you would go and see bands you know you would be going to see them at the Royal Court you know and so when you'd see a band who kind of was on the road to making it if you like if, if for wanting a better term I suppose um, that's the place you'd be going to see them you know um, and so to go and play something like that was was it felt like you know you you were achieving something or you were you know you kind of arrived and when it was a sense of pride so i used to you know playing the, the, the gigs that we did that we got the opportunity to play in, in the world cause and live with was a um was a, it was a great um a, a great thing to do you know? brilliant man brilliant away from music also for a bit. also sorry another gig that was sorry about it was um uh, ellen road 
that has to go down in in one of the most uh, when we played that over the happy Mondays. That was one of the, the one of the craziest kids I've ever played as well. It was just out there, and the Fairer Festival in Ireland, the Tipperary. That's another one in in I think that was ninety one, ninety two. That was just crackers as well, you know. Um, and they 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 they're events that stick out. But yeah, Alan Road with the uh, Simon Kaland of the, um, the the floodlights as well. And then they're up in the and we, we, it's been it's now gone down in folklore as someone got on the on the mic saying with a brave wave that he's come down, you know. Oh my from, from 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 climbing up the floodlights. But yeah, Alan Road was a the Mondays and the Lars and, and, and Ed, there was all kind of you know all, all, all lots of different bands on there and that was that was really memorable. Really. I remember doing an interview with Sean Ryder, um, these like Q and A's I used to do with him, and I remember mentioning that that gig, the Ellen Road gig, and he was like, "Did I play there?" And I was like, "I can assure you, you did, mate." All right. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, no, he did that. He's lovely, Sean. He really He's is. brilliant. He is lovely, you know. I mean, I get on with really well, you know. Whenever I see him, it's like you know, it, it, it's really, you know they 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 great lads. All they're all great lads. The Mondays, you know, we we kind of known them for many many years, you know, and they're they're all great lads. I think that you know characters. That's what you need in music. Yeah. Characters like that. I think the trouble is with some of the bands these days is that it's like they're too shy or they're too worried if they say something they're going to upset a certain person and then they can't sort of express what their music sounds like do you know what i mean by that and i feel it's like a very, it's a very different world that they're living in really you know to, to the one that we lived in you know they're, they're, they're living in a kind of world as well where you know they do something wrong it's all over the it's it's, it's all over yeah. them the next day yeah they can be kind of completely and utterly um Destroyed for destroyed for it. Also, you know, you know, if you if you're holding any form of kind of political view that isn't isn't popular, some of the, the media can can be really, you know, um, brutal. Brutal with you. You know, I mean, we know that ourselves because, you know, we've we've um, you know, obviously we you know we wrote a song in 1992 called News International, which was about you know Rupert Murdoch and the song, and we we were, we were slaughtered for it, you know, and but that's kind of who we are so it didn't necessarily bother us you know but yes yeah, so, so I, I think there's an element to that i think there's a lot of bands out there that are you know um still kind of we would like they're just probably not as omnipresent as some of the other things because you know your major labels have got a, a, a view of how music should be and i'm i'm what the kids are into you know and obviously that's um you know, and some of it's amazing music. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I listen to new music all the time, and, and there's some amazing action bands out there. What I would say is, you know, there's, there's a lot of quality musicians out there now. You know, I I don't know whether it's just me getting older. I'm thinking, you know, some of the the quality and the standard of musicianship is excellent. You know, you know, um, yeah. So there's some really interesting, you know, in, in music. I mean, when when I was younger, we only got four or five youngers. You know. <laughs> Was punk, there was rock, there was pop, there was soul, and you know, but now there's hundreds of them. I oh, know, man. I just, I just want to check. Off. Are you all right for time for a bit? I, I don't want to waste. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, mate. I don't want. I know you're a busy man. I don't want to be keeping you from making a dinner. I'm not that busy, honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've cooked. I've cooked a dinner tonight. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Now. Away from music for a bit, mate. I mean, you're a big Everton fan. I know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Massive Everton fan. Obviously, you know my team's Fulham. Now, you couldn't have been really that much happy with how the season went last year. I mean, yeah. at one point, you looked doomed, didn't you? Oh, yeah, we all finished. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. I could have you know, I'm sitting next to my mate, David Feely, and there's a group of us we've been sitting there for years, you know. But we 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 were we thought we you know we were gone you know I'll be honest with you because we'd done it the season before you know we just kind of got away from relegation by the skin of our teeth the season before and then for it to go to the last game I was sitting there in that game and I just felt sick you know what I mean and the guy couldn't even watch it just sitting there with my heads in my hands I just felt sick and I was just thinking we're going down especially at our time with Leicester winning and we're and we're still yeah. there. You know, I thought we were relegated you know. So as a season, it was horrible, you know, it was an awful season and, um, you know, them things are not great, you know, and, and it was, it was, it was, 
it was a relief that you know we we, we actually won the game in the end. You know what I mean? But um, uh, we had a lot of Everton fans got accused of celebrating. We weren't celebrating. I think it was just relief. You know what I mean? I mean, I know a couple of um, West Ham lads. Who, I think one of them knows it. It was on my Facebook today, Sam. McGrath. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, he knows you because he's just messy. He's just he's just been on my Facebook before. He's like, he's my mate. <laughs> no, yes. I know, I know a lot of them West Ham lads. You know, every time they come to Goodison, they come and um, you know, they come, they, some of them come to us sometimes. You know what I mean? It's fun. Yeah, brilliant man. Yeah. Brilliant. No, yes. I mean, I love going to football, and I go still as often as I can. But uh, I feel it's sort of getting more and more away from the fans now, isn't it? I mean, look at what's going on at Fulham at the moment. We've got Saudi Arabia trying to get Mitrovic and they've also put in, I think, 40 million for Marco Silva. Yeah. I mean, if he's on 2 million at the moment a year, I mean, let's be honest, that I'd be happy with that. I think everyone would be, you know. Um, yeah. But from a fan's point of view, you always try and go, oh, come on, why would he want to leave for the money? But I think realistically anyone would. But, I mean, it's only going to go one way, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, for yourself, you know, Fulham's done really well. Because you've been doing great as a team. You put, Marco's got you playing some fantastic football. Oh, he's a good players, You know, and, and the football he plays really, really attractive football, you know, and, and, and you know, um, testament to him, you know, and you're some great players. It's great that you're doing well. But the financial side, you, you know, football's not the game that I grew up with. And it never will be that game ever again, you know. It, it, it's changed very much. And it is very money orientated. It is kind of been commercialised football in, in like no other sport, you know, uh, and in a way that um, it's not necessarily a, a game for working class people anymore. You know, it, it, and there are good things to this and, and bad things to it. I'm not sitting here moaning about that saying, you know, I wish it would be always the way, like, uh, the good old days and all that. You know, I when I grew up, I, I'm fortunate that I, I got to see a team that won stuff, you know. I feel for these 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 Edisonians who are about thirty years old and never seen it. <laughs> you know, I really feel for them. You know what I mean? I'd like to see us win something, not for me, but for them. You know, because but that the game has changed, and you're quite right with the Saudi Arabia thing. I mean, they're just going to come on and buy everything. Obviously, the, the, the there's, there's an agenda there that goes beyond football, really, which is about you know, um, it's about profile, isn't it? It's about it's about them, you know, uh, kind of promoting who they are and, and, and what they do and what they are. But, I mean, they just, it, they, it just seems to be a, a situation where whoever's got the most money. Well, the, the thing is that whoever's got the highest wage bills normally winning the league, I think, you know. Oh, God, yeah. That's, that's kind of the way, you know, the way it is. But it, it's moving in interesting directions as well. You know, you've got Henderson, who's just apparently about to go to... I know, yeah. Um, yeah. I would never have had Henderson going to... Saudi Arabia. I just thought he might have moved on to a, a European team or something, or maybe even stayed at Liverpool for a bit. But so that's a bit of a shock because it's not like yeah. everyone says it's not a money thing, but it's a, a footballing thing. I, I just don't believe that. I'm like, of course it's but It's not a money thing. Give the money away then because you've got enough. Why do you need that much? Do you know what I mean? How many houses do you need? I, I mean, most of us only need one, you know. I mean, two would be nice. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not complaining. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, but, you know, so, yeah, it is a very different game. It's very financially driven now. Um, um, that whole um, kind of club kind of community origin is, is a distant thing of the past. Right. For most clubs, you know, I mean, suppose the likes of ourselves, yourself, teams like West Ham, you know, we're probably like the last of the Mohicans. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because we, we've still, you know, our clubs are probably just still kind of some semblance of connection to the communities that they, they emerge from. Um, but I'm sure they will, that will change, you know, and, um, within the immediate future. So you know, we're about to be able to an amazing new ground on the dock. And I, I go past it every day, you know, I go past it every day or, you know, on the train or in the car. And, and um, it looks amazing. It looks absolutely amazing, you know. Right. But I'm, I'm going to be just devastated when we leave Goodison. I, I am literally going to be devastated. I've spent all my life going here, you know. It's crazy. Being an Everton fan, you can answer this question and be totally honest because I've had this for quite a few years now. Do I look like Leighton Baines? You do. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember the first time I played Everton, uh, the first time I played in Liverpool. Yeah. And before I actually played, a lot of people were saying, is that Leighton Baines? Is that Leighton Baines? Right. I went on the stage and I said, I'm going to address the elephant in the room, all right? First yeah. of all, I'm not Miles Kane, I'm not Noel Gallagher, and I'm not Leighton Baines. <laughs> I'm the magic mod. <laughs> Mace, you're a ringer for Leighton Baines, like, yeah, you definitely are. But, you know, but Leighton Baines is a bit of a trendy, you know, he's a bit of a trendy, you know. Oh, he's cool, man. He's, uh, yeah. He's got a bit of mod about him, you know what I mean? He, he's definitely got, he's, he's more mod than casual, isn't he? I want to like, get a photo next to him, both together, so I can prove that we're not, you know, I'm not the same person. Because <laughs> no one's seen us in the same room together. Well, that'd be great, actually. That'd be great. You should do some magic tricks for him. And definitely, and then, and then like maybe you can swap clothes or something. <laughs> <laughs> swap jobs. Yeah, you can do magic maybe, for a week. Maybe you can get him on doing, you know, teach him a magic trick and get him on to do a magic trick and he can say I'm the magic mod and see if people work it out. Listen, I mean, you're an Evertonian, mate. Tap up a few people. I mean, I'm sure you know more, but you're, you're easier to get hold of him than me. <laughs> no, we know a few, like, yeah, we know a few. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a few questions before I leave you. First of all, I want to say again, and I've said it, but I mean it. Thank you so much for spending time with me on this, mate. It's, it really yeah, means just, a lot, and I've enjoyed it so far. I just hope I haven't bored people, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, to be fair, uh, Lonnie's asleep next to me, so you've done well. Who's Lonnie? My boy. Oh, you look so sorry about that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I talk about him 24-7 on Twitter, mate, you know. <laughs> you too. Yeah. Come on, mate. Yeah, yeah sorry, mate. I just got confused here. It's me hearing aids. Can't hear me. All right, I'll let you off. I'll let you off. <laughs> I've got some questions to ask you that people have sent in with me, if that's all right with you, oh, mate. God. I know. I mean, I, right. First of all, the first question is, you know, um, what piece of advice would Keith of 2023 give Keith in, who's 18 years old? And that come from the festival podcast. Yeah. Don't be so crackers. Just don't, don't, don't just do things that because people tell you to do them. You know, um, Christ, that's a real hard question. I think when you think about it. what was mm. facing myself, I told myself that it's going to, it's going to work out. That as mad and as and as distant some of these dreams and and things that you want to do may seem, that it will work out if you just keep working hard and you keep on the path that you're on. Hundred percent. More importantly. Oh, your dogs are going. The dogs are right there, sorry. I've got two, two hours. It's kicking off. Yeah, they're kicking off over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would advise myself, you know, to just to keep the faith, you know, right. and, um, and, and 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 keep keep your honesty and and, and integrity intact, and and, um, and 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 things will work out no matter how hard that some you know some things can get, you know, because. As, as much as it may well seem that you know it's just been a, a wonderful ride, there have been some tough times. You know, when you when you when you choose, as you know yourself, being I suppose working as an entertainer, you know, and, and, and not nothing's easy in this game. You have to work with it, yeah. and you'll go through moments of doubt. You know, you'll go through moments of thinking maybe I should have been an accountant, or you'll go through the moments where you think maybe I should have you know gone and done something else. You know, because this isn't working out. And I've been through them moments. You know. Like, oh, oh, a few occasions and I think one of the things that tell myself is you stick with it, it'll work out and, and, and believe in yourself, you know. Brilliant answer, mate. Brilliant answer. I've got one here from, uh, funny enough, from a band from Belfast uh, called the Jet Black Tulips. Um, and they've asked <laughs> I love the me... Name. Sorry? I love the name. Class, isn't it? Great lads. Yeah, yeah. As well, I think they're like... I think they vary from 16 to about 18. It's oh, great man. to see youngsters in good music as Absolutely. well. Love, love all yeah, the old yeah. stuff. Absolutely. And um, they've asked me, what is your craziest tour moment? Oh, if you can I, say. I possibly can't. can't. Well, I possibly then let's can't. leave it as that. <laughs> let's leave it. Pardon? No, I can't say that. No. No. <laughs> Someone <laughs> suggesting. Digging you out in the background. <laughs> Mention this yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, Christ, have you got some? You've got some absolutely, absolutely lunatic moments when you're on 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 the road. I mean, you know, from um, I mean, Ireland. You know, we had a, a crazy moment in Ireland at the Thaler Festival oh. in 1992. And you know, we we'd arrived in um, in, in in Ireland on the hotel, and we arrived at the, the gig early, and um, so we went to the local um, 
working men's club there and, and well I never bought the rest of the band, some of the band did and our t-shirt guy went there and uh, the afternoon we went on till about nine o'clock at night and we started to drink Guinness um, and the t-shirt guy basically gave all of our, our, our t-shirts away to, the, to all the locals <laughs> <laughs> and some of the band that's been carried out the working man's club and popped up on stage oh. um, and um, I can't actually remember playing that gig you know I can perform in that performing that gig and, and uh, I think my guitar has collapsed on stage <laughs> and um, and I, I think I, I kept playing and, uh, and he, he, he kept singing you know? <laughs> so yeah that was um, that was a bit of an event a bit of a crazy trauma moment but we've had we had quite a few but we could from our point of view we never really had anyone telling us no and, and don't yeah because we, we we were not necessarily signed to a major record label we were doing it all ourselves and we were learning about it as we went. We weren't experts on it. We were learning as we went, you know, as we were doing it. So it it, it, it was um it, it, it was it, it got a bit crazy at times, you know. I mean I hope, that, hope that's been there. That's <laughs> great, mate. I mean I spent uh three weeks on tour with a libertine, so I think I've I can relate to a few of your men, you know, moments there, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got um right, this is uh from a gentleman called Jack. And he's asked, what's the best thing you've ever had from a gig rider? The best thing I've ever had Yeah, um, Christ. I'd say, I can't really remember. I mean, all that's ever ever on the farm's rider is ale. That's the only, the only thing. <laughs> we we don't have really any mad requests. We don't have like, oh, we just want all red M and M and M. Basically, the thing if, it, if we don't get quality lager, it gets sent back. Yeah, some pork dinner. Someone shouting. Some, someone? some, some my wife's story. <laughs> she's shouting a pork dinner. Oh, <laughs> mate, I'll have a bit of yeah. that. No, I mean the thing is on. Um, Normally, what's on the farm rider is is nuts, crisps, um, um, you know, don't see from a, a region in Spain. Um, I, I think for, for various reasons in Spain, so, you know, it's mainly just lager. You know, they, 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 some. I mean, I don't drink a lot now at all, but some of the I wouldn't say they they, they drink a lot. <laughs> but possibly some people they probably do. <laughs> so they just kind of like a, 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 the only thing that's never normally in our rider is a lot of alcohol. Still, to these days, you know, and 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 um, and and the and they drink it as well, or it goes on with people, you know. <laughs> Brilliant, man. There's always bottles of vodka. The lot, the lot. I mean, there's there's a few questions here, but as I said, I don't want to keep you here all night, mate. Um, I'm, I'm all right, you know. I've got the. I'm going to ask you this one though. Um, someone I don't I don't know who sent this in. Has asked, <laughs> what's who's your favourite magician? <laughs> Ooh, it's definitely not that Paul Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> It's so cool. a magic mod. He's definitely your favourite magician. Your checks in the post, mate. That'll do me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love what you do. I really do love what you do. And I've been retweeting your stuff for quite some time, you know. And I'm pushing, you know. I, well, when you first started on Twitter, I remember just repeating because I, I just love what you, what you, what you did. I think that the Monday, the Monday card trick and all of that, the Monday kind of magic, magic moments, great. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just great. You know, I do, I do appreciate it. No, that that means a lot honestly thank you very much and for those listening and those when the podcast's out please mention that i never told you to say that <laughs> someone just said what's your favorite guitar to play yeah go on i've got a, i've got a couple of guitars you know and uh I've, at the moment i'm I, i've been playing a hagstrom a viking deluxe for quite a few years now and uh, they're actually wonderful guitars and they're, they're, they, this this guitar it just never goes out of tune it's a really well made guitar and I've got a, um, a Reverend, which is an American guitar, a Reverend, a book fast with, and that's absolutely fantastic because it looked really cool, you know. So I, I would say the, the Hagstrom or the Reverend. Brilliant, man. 
so what I know you as I said you mentioned at the beginning you've got a lot of tours and shows coming up but what's the next five months uh, next five months what's the next six seven months like for you mate flat out with shows yeah we've got we've got fair some shows every every weekend we're probably knocking on the head around about I think October might be possible we've got an acoustic show in October um and we're probably knocking on the head towards we never really do a lot of gigs over Christmas but there's there's hot off the press a new announcement coming which is um We've um, just signed a uh, licensing uh, agreement with Ditto Music, and we're going to be releasing some new music. Brilliant, so, uh, man! That's um, no one knows about that, but I'm announcing it here. Uh, so, um, so that's what we'll be we'll be working on for the next six months. So, we'll probably uh, wind the shows down around about I think it, it's October. I think we wind them. No, November because we do shine on in November, which Brilliant. is a fantastic, yeah, fantastic event. So we do shine on. I think that might be the last show of the year, and then we pick them up again. We're already getting. I think we've already got about three or four shows booked in for next year. Already, we've got some stuff with Peter Hook early in the uh, early in, early next year. You know, with Peter Hook in the light. Yeah. We've got a gig in Newcastle, I think, and uh, we've got some stuff with well, I get a couple of gigs. I gig with Cask. I've got a couple of gigs already booked in for next year. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like we, you know, it's this getting this new music out, which we. We, we did quite some time ago, but we just did a pledge campaign and released it as CD and never put it online. So, we, and we've been writing some new music recently. So we're just going to release a track every two months. Um, we're not going to release an album. We're just going to release a track every two months for about a, a year and at the end call it an album. Brilliant, man. You coming to Belfast anytime soon? You know, I'd, I'd love to come to Belfast. We'd absolutely love to. It's about people booking us. If someone booked us out there, we'd come. You know, we we are we we you know we we love Ireland, you know, um, we really really do, you know. Um, so we, and we love Belfast. We have some wonderful nights there. You know. We played there with we played there with the House Martins as well in the in the eighties as well because we did so many House Martins. That was um, a really interesting tour. You know. Leave it to great me, people, mate. Great people, you know. I'll get you over here. I'll sort you out. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but. Again, again, mate, thank you. I mean, the fourth episode, this one, and um, I've had some great names are coming on it, and, and I appreciate you being on it, mate, and I've really enjoyed this chat, and I hope you have yeah. too. Oh, oh, cheers, man. Listen, next time you're in Liverpool, let, let me know, you know, and let me know you're, you're over and you're playing here. Let me know. I'm, ne I'm, I'm near Liverpool soon. Or, um, I'll drop you a message. Where, I mean, I, yeah. my geography in that is terrible. Someone said to me, Oh, are you playing Manchester? This was a few years ago. I remember someone saying, you're in Manchester soon or something like that. I went, yeah, yeah, I think so, mate. I sent them this poster. Mate, I was like in Wales or something. You know what I mean? So, but I will. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, just, just let me know when you're in. I'll, I'll hook up with you and have a, have a coffee. <laughs> Top man, I appreciate that. Listen, you have a lovely evening. Cheers, man. Thanks a lot. Look after yourself. Thank you very much for your time. Take care. Cheers. Bye, Bye-bye. All right. There we go. So that was the fourth episode. Um, what a lovely guy. That was the first time we've ever spoken. I mean, we've uh, followed each other on Twitter for a long time now. Um, you can tell his passion in music. I mean, that was there for everyone to see and listen to. And uh, I really enjoyed that. I hope you all did too. So listen, from me, it's good night and God bless. And I'll see you next week on episode five. Won't be long before we're in double figures. Look after yourself. Keep it magic. A man of illusion, a magic god, the one the mark. I'm the magic mark, with a sleight of hand, a magic god. CIS, I practice the sand. Everything's work, I sell the man. Fulfill the wisdom, it's gone.